Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Jesus. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. You flash a piece on the lane, I'm going to take it away from you, stick it up your ass, and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. That's right, baby. Fucking hell. <laughs> I fuck you and I fuck kids. Oh, that should have been the one. I fuck I you. I could do that one. I fuck you. I fuck you. I fuck you. That's your name, dude. Someone peed on your rug, dude? Peed on your fucking rug, dude? They peed on my fucking rug. She's not my special lady. She's my fucking lady friend. Darkness washed over the dude. Turning his black steers took us on a moonless prairie night. There was no body. <laughs> Cue the theme song. This aggression will not stand, man. Dios mio, man. Do you see what happens, Larry, when you fuck a stranger in the ass? You fucked it up! You fucked it up! Fucking fascist! How you doing there, dude? I am the walrus. I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Who the fuck are you, man? I like your style, dude. Dude. All right. In 1998, we had the big Lebowski. The Coen brothers came at us with a uh, quite a unique comedic movie. Um, Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore, John Tutoro, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Sam Elliott. More people, Peter Stormare. I feel like this is going to be one that a it's lot a of cast. people listen to because this is like such a popular movie. Yeah. And uh, me and Brent are getting drunk on uh, on what Caucasians, Caucasians. little Caucasians for the show. We decided. I don't usually drink or do drugs for the show. I can't speak for Brent, but both today. today. I, uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying some sparkling water in uh, Ode to Nobody. John's what you, John, John's what you call a Quaker. <clears throat> That's true. I'm a big he's pussy. Eating, he's eating vegan and drinking. Pussy. Quaker. He's, he's eating different. eating vegan and drinking sparkling water today. It's a conscientious objector. <laughs> a good life. He's a pacifist. Yeah, he's a pacifist. pacifist. Well, um, very uh, fragile. Who's that? Smokey. <laughs> Smokey is a pacifist, but he was not the uh, at the forefront of this movie. At the forefront of this movie, we have uh, Jeff Lebowski, who is the dude. Um, and honestly, if you haven't seen this movie, then I envy you so much um, because it's it's kind of an event. Oh, yeah, your first time? Oh, God, I'd love to go back to my first time as a dude. Yeah, this movie kind of does a really great job of, of blending together some approaches to movies. It kind of like goes after some old detective, um, uh, like, like an old set of detective novels. They kind of took an overarching story and then just put the dude as the main character. And uh, it's just got this really kind of amusing <laughs> result. The dude I think, is, I think they, they're called the Chandler novels. Yeah, I that's think right. the writer is named Chandler. I'm not, maybe the, tech, the, tech, the detective was Chandler. I'm not, that's I've had too many yeah. white Russians, obviously, already. The, the thing is, though, is that that's not obvious. It's obvious if you know it and you're looking yeah. for those pieces. Yeah. It is. Otherwise, it's not it super over the It just presents itself as a, as a really amusing story yeah. told in a really amusing way but, with your hero being this just strange person totally unique it just yeah. it totally just, unique it just checks all of those it just checks all of those things that happened to that those dime store detectives off the list though yeah he um he meets a bizarre and strange woman and ends up sleeping with her mm -hmm. she ends up showing up at his place and they end up having sex he, he gets mickeyed 
There's he lots gets, of mayhem, he like gets the knocked, double crossing and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he gets knocked out a bunch. and The he opposing has, detective. He's, yeah. always, he's always waking up from being knocked out a yeah. couple of times. So People like, are breaking into his home constantly. It's lots funny. Of weed. The dude is not a detective. That's not his job. He doesn't really have a job. He just kind of is and he bowls and he smokes lots of weed and drinks white rush. He's yeah. like a religious figure. He literally just wants... <laughs> for for, for fucking... Is, yeah. yeah. For degenerates. Yeah. He literally just wants a rug. That's he's, it. I really think he's Jesus. Yeah, that's the inciting incident in the movie is that these guys mistakenly break into his place and as part of ransacking his place, um, a, a Chinaman pees on his rug. And uh, John's calling oh, him Chinaman's not the preferred, not the preferred nomenclature. nomenclature dude. <laughs> that's how Asian American the dude refers to him as the yeah. Chinaman. And uh, I think they all refer to him as the Chinaman for a while. Woo. Afterwards, yeah. Woo, Woo. peed on my, wug, my yeah. rug. So that's my really... <laughs> That's really Woo. the big deal. And then Woo. through his uh, his over-the-top friend, Walter, that he bowls with, uh, the dude's friend, uh, Walter is like an, a, a Vietnam vet. He'll be the first to tell you, I think. But he's just got a couple <laughs> of screws loose, and it plays out really well. So I guess here's, here's an interesting point of conversation then is uh, in this movie, there's not like... Um, it's not your typical structure of people. Everybody the dude runs into or has a conversation with is, is like a characterized person. Um, like over the top personalities really strong in one direction or another and all the actors that play them in this movie like go all the way with the way that they play them and it, it just it, it's it works in this movie I think but there are other movies that have tried to put together this kind of yeah over the top and, and, and it doesn't not, it doesn't yeah. work at all the reason too is it's interesting because the dude um, uh, the reason why they try not to do something like this are usually doesn't work is because the secondary characters tend to overshadow the main character. Right. And you always want to see them instead. And you like don't give a shit about the dude. But the dude is also such a great character that he, you're happy to follow him through the, the mayhem. Yeah, like the dude doesn't bother anybody. He like wouldn't get in anybody's face unless someone got in his first. So like you, he's instantly likable even though he's kind of a piece of a waste of skin maybe. Um, he's just living his life. But... Um, in one of the early scenes, his landlord comes by to ask him for rent. Um, and he's kind of like clueless, but he's got like that soft hearted landlord, but he also leverages his relationship with the landlord by going to watch his, um, his performance later on in the movie. So his, he's, he's like, just seems like a genuinely nice guy that his, he would go and do something like that. His interpretive, mm -hmm. uh, dance, uh, yeah. recital. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> what I mean is he's like a religious figure for these people. He's, he's transcended normal person status. If you think about Walter, Donnie. Like nobody in this realm really thinks about um, <laughs> about the Lebowski as as a normal person. He's revered. Like his landlord comes to him and like very humbly and like and like mousily is like wants him to come to his performance. Yeah. And then at the end, in the most shy and like nervous way, mentions the rent like that. Yeah. Slip it under the door. Walter will break snap on anybody in a violent way. Never would do that for the dude. Yeah. The dude always gets gets the finals and uh, and uh, prevailing the thought. The dude doesn't even know what he's talking about at yeah. first. When it's he Wednesday, says, dude. No, he's far like it's the, he's like it's the fourth, and he's oh, like yeah. far out. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there's a long pause, and he's like, oh, and he's, he's like, he slip it under it. the door. Yeah. yeah. Slip the money and into like, the door. The dude actually solves the case early. Uh, he figures it out kind of when he starts with a story and figuring out that she kidnapped herself. And um, Well, but she didn't, right? Yeah, no, she did. No, she well, didn't. Well, she just was away. Yeah, she, yeah. Those guys knew that she was away and used it as a... 
So he didn't really solve it, but he knew it was bullshit. Yeah. He knew, yeah, yeah there's he, something He figured out a good on. portion of it. I mean, there's so many uh, 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 facets to this movie uh, and, and, you know, a lot of moving parts. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons that I've complained about other movies that, that vo- I've complained about voiceover that, that's intermittent and doesn't really carry the story. There's lots of, there's voiceover at the beginning of this and there's voiceover at, is not, there's not even voiceover at the end. But it's Sam Elliott. Um, no, but it doesn't no, matter. It's it was a bad monologue voiceover. by Sam Elliott, yeah. No, but the, the voiceover is, what I'm just saying is, is I've complained in other movies where I'm saying you can't just have voiceover and then it never happened again. But they do that in this movie and it still works. You can't have characters who don't have arcs. The dude has no fucking arc. There's no arc. It yeah. wor- but it still works. It's because it, you're, it's really a character study of the dude. This is not a movie about the dude learning anything, <laughs> overcoming anything. The dude's whole goal through the movie is to return he back just to wants normal. To get a carpet. Yeah, he wants to go back to normal to his boring normal life, and so that's why there's no arc. Is his goal for himself is not to change; it's to stay the same, go back like his. He's he has changing. no ambition. No zero. He just wants to exist. He does. Yeah, and he drink he, all day. He yeah. gets smoke weed all day. He it's gets he gets caught up in these this incident that's kind of like. Uh, exciting but he doesn't find it exciting no he's it's, he doesn't it get anything him. out he of it he does get a little bit interested at the money but i just think it's it's because like when they're offering him like 15 or 20 grand well, he wants like, the money he does but he, he needs he, money like, he has no money he wrote he let's start start about talk about the beginning of the movie the very beginning of the movie sam elliott talks about how the dude is not only the laziest person in Los Angeles County, but would be ranking high for laziest person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And then you see the dude in a house robe and slippers paying for creamer. Half and half. With a, a check for 69 cents. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl behind the counter is looking at him, not willing to say anything <laughs> because yeah. it's only 69 cents. It's so such a, like she may as well just let him take the creamer. It's such a great opening shot. No I one's casting that check. Sam Elliott's voice is just like from from high above. It's awesome. It's the best. And his his accent, it's perfect. And then how he looks to match with the huge like the huge mustache, it's so great. And um, it, so like, and then he's, I don't know. You start listening to him. He even loses track of what he's saying. Like he rambles on so much in that intro, but it just works for the character that you're about to meet because the dude is truly like complex the reason why it's special is because you want to you just purely watch this movie over and over and over again because you want to spend time with these people Mm. all of them donnie walter uli julie ju i don't even know uli i don't even know what ju what's her name's character the red julianne morris i don't know what her character's name is but you want to spend time with her too yeah maude lebowski she's great yeah uh everybody even the big lebowski is uh interesting character yeah I mean, that's the thing is the movie's not even named after the dude. The movie's named after the guy that the dude's trying to get the rug from. Yeah. The, the Big, Big Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. He even gets called the Big Lebowski. You just want to spend time with these people. And like the very first thing after the voiceover, which once again, I would usually complain about, but it's just, it's, it's, a gr- I love the song, the tumbleweed song yeah. or whatever. And, and then the All dude, the music the dude gets home and he's us. immediately mm-hmm. accosted by two men that have broken into his home yeah. and throw his face into the toilet. 
And it, I love. I never noticed really until this time that it's his milk that explodes when he. Yeah, uh, that's why everything's Brent, white. Brent pointed it out, and then everything's kind of white and yeah. soapy. I thought it was. I didn't know what I thought it was before. But was you like, probably oh, thought it was sick. some gross. Yeah, no, that's or, his like creamer. people have those uh, cleaners in the built into the toilet bowl, so every time they flush. But anyway, just, it was just milk. Yeah, so I, I love that scene because they're slamming his head in the water out of nowhere. Like this is before anything has started, so this is out of you his normal heard him routine, talk, right? And he's been slammed into the toilet. And the guy's like, where's the money, Lebowski? Yeah. Where's the money? And he pulls his head out and he's like, oh, it might be down there. I think yeah. I should go have another look. <laughs> yeah. He slams totally his head back in. <laughs> like he drops his bowling ball on the floor. He's like, what's this? He's like, well, clearly you're not a golfer. Like it's, he's so likable right away. Yeah. Lots of great one-liners. I think I agree with Colin completely. The, the characters are like also memorable in a really fun way. Like any, any one character you think of like Jesus or, um, uh, like I don't know, uh, Uli and and uh, even Tara Reid stuff is great. Brant stuff is great with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman's awesome. Guy. Like everybody's, uh, it's just it's it's really interesting and unique. That the movie, the, like the the story, it, it is a story, but the characters are so rich as everything is going on and the wrong things happen and it's the the dude abides. It's more closer, much closer to um, uh, filmmaking as an art than it is as filmmaking. Yeah, like it is a it is a piece, uh, like a very special piece of art. This movie, in a weird way, <clears throat> that like once again transcends filmmaking, breaks all the rules of filmmaking, but you still want to just keep watching it and just like so, you just soak. You want to soak into it like a tub. Yeah, it feels good to be in in there. The dialogue is amazing. The performances, like every single. Ca- person they cast was spot on somehow yeah like these are those things that occur like once in like every decade where all the pieces fall together the writing the directing the acting and just it's just some kind of little miracle it's crazy it takes time but the time is is essential for the journey you wouldn't want to cut this movie down and rush it because it, it would lose the magic of it part of the magic is the pacing and i don't find it slow at all yeah well i mean it's it's not a fast movie but things do move from one scene to the next and they're enjoyable scenes but there is a lot in this movie you're just never but you're just never in a hurry to leave a scene like all of the scenes like one of my favorite favorite scenes is when the dude uh comes to is summoned to the mansion of the Big Lebowski and and they're playing that beautiful operatic oh. music. Oh. And he's like, Mr. Lebowski is uh, in the West Wing or something like yeah. that. He's uh, secluded in the West Wing. Yes, in seclusion. And, he, yeah, and, and the dude goes there and he's talking about what it was to be a man or whatever. And the dude wants to smoke a joint. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to do a J. Yeah, in his house. Yeah. The dude like, really doesn't care at that point. No. They've already had enough, like, yeah. an annoying altercation. Yeah, yeah. That's where, like, the, the way that um, Jeff Bridges played, or the way he was written Lebowski, like, he he does have a brain in his head. He's not a complete moron. He's a moron, but he's not a complete moron. Well, he's moron. a con artist. Like, as soon as he leaves the big Lebowski's office the first time, he immediately, when Bran asks how it went, he immediately has a lie. 
to yeah, get a I carpet. I don't view that as a con artist. I view that as a way to like. That's a karma thing. Isn't yeah. It? He just, he, he's like, he's like, that guy was a huge asshole. Yeah. And huge. it's his fault that I had this happen to me. Yeah. So when he comes out, he knows that there's no, there's no, um. What does he have to lose? Yeah. There's not, he's not but getting he, anything. But he so, doesn't even flinch. No, he, he instantly doesn't. says. Like, no, but I think, I think it's not right to call him a con artist because he never cons anybody through the rest of I'm the I'm just movie. saying, I'm just saying he's that. A, he's, he's a, he's. I mean, despite being a huge, even lazy being deliberate degenerate. about that though, speaks to the level of intelligence I'm I'm saying he has. That's what is, I mean. Yeah. Is like he's. I'm when I say con artist. When I when I mean well, like he's he's smart he's enough. Quick witted. He's smart enough to know when there's an opportunity and he jumps on it. Yeah, he's clever. Yeah, yeah. like because that wasn't but obviously he's not conniving. No, no, but that wasn't his carpet. No. Right. And he, he, he was basically stealing something from the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski stole from him by having a whore wife. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I think dude would have justified it. But I mean, then the, the dude is driving in his car and, and drops a, a joint in his lap and pours while well, he's having a beer and crashes his car <laughs> awesomely into a trash can. So yeah. like this is the dichotomy of the character. But that's what I'm saying here. is that he doesn't have good karma around him because everything that seems to happen to him is negative. He gets beat up a bunch. He gets a ferret thrown in his bathtub. That's true. And like has a nice basement. <laughs> nice marmot. He's like bad things happen to him constantly. A couple when the good things do happen to him, like he gets laid by Maud or, or yeah, uh, that to me, by the way, seems like worth everything. And Walter <laughs> is another thing that I feel Love like me. gives him bad karma because Walter is is a terrible uh It's friend. Walter's fault this whole thing. Walter's got a rolling. terrible friend. He just could have had a pea soaked rug and that would have been it. I mean whether they threw out the, well, I mean, like Walt, like think about Walter. Right away, Walter brings brings the uh, what are the what does he call it? The uh, uh, oh, the the, the ringer, bag. The, the ringer, ringer. Yeah, and yeah. the Uzi. Like like <laughs> Walt, and Walter had this all figured out like right off the bat. He wanted to keep that million dollars. Walter like Walter is, is a con artist. is conniving for well, sure. Not a not a good one, but he is a degenerate. Uh, he's willing uh, to lie and steal. Oh, he was going to steal a million dollars. So the thing you can see from Walter as you watch this movie is if someone is dealing with him or speaking to him that he doesn't respect, like like the the Jesus character, um, Walter like just sits there and listens no matter what the guy says, even if it's really insulting towards Walter. Walter cracks for like much less things from other people because he cares about what they have to say. That's a very good point. So it, so it makes um so Walter I think doesn't respect these thieving bastards or the girl who's maybe kidnapped herself. So taking the money from them would be like who cares fuck them. That's we're we're going to have it dude. We Are you talking it. about that? Let's trump it. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is is that he's He's going to steal that money. And the dude's like, they're going to kill this girl, man. Yeah. And he's Walter like, does. he's like, like, what? You said yourself. She kidnapped herself. And he's like, it was just an idea or whatever. And he's like, no, nope, she kidnapped herself, dude. Yeah. Like he's just, you're the one he's who's so easy fucking to certain. Yeah. That's what I think that's Lonnie. You're the one that was so fucking concert. Yeah. So certain. The dude says to him later. Right? Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. he keeps saying, you said she kidnapped herself. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? No, Walter, you're just an asshole. Yeah. Walter's such an excellent character. Um, Walter's also sad. very this movie, confident. This movie did not win any awards, I don't think. I don't, I've never Academy looked. Academy Awards, is, I guess what I'm saying. But Walter is so. the, so you know how the Which kids, too bad. some people talk about how the most confident kid is always the one who's the leader. Walter is definitely the leader. He's the most confident of them all. He's the one who convinces the dude to go to Big Lebowski to get some, get a carpet. He's I don't just think like, he convinces. I think he has the idea, and and the dude is 
pretty easily convinced with that. I, the dude's like, yeah, that's actually fucking true. He's like, oh, yeah. that's fucking smart. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. But like Walter, like, um, is and he Walter's the one who decides to do the winger thing. Yeah, which is not a good idea. And Walter <laughs> picks the big Lebowski up out <laughs> of his chair and flings him. Yeah, but He's those all... aren't things that make him the leader. He's not a leader. He's no. just a wild card doing and insane he things. Say no. But he's certain. But Wal- the dude doesn't like but, forcefully say no. no. Until the end when he's like, but Walter's... everything's a fucking travesty yeah. with you, man. <laughs> Wal- Walter is certain. Walton's cert- certain that's not her toe. He's certain that she's kidnapped herself. He's certain because yeah. it's better to convince yourself to allow yourself to get away with fucking. But yet he also is. Things. He's also b- believes in the Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos, <laughs> which I also find is funny because it's the great contradiction. He's really, really nice to his ex-wife. He takes care of her dog. Yeah. He's very, um, he's very into Judaism, and he follows the Sabbath. It's, it's because Walter's one of those people that. Um, and he's not even Jewish. He converted for his ex-wife. He's a fucking douchebag. Over the line. <laughs> but he is a kind of friend that you would want. Because he's the kind of friend fight, that would sure. absolutely. Oh, in a fight. Oh, at the end, he kicks everyone's ass by himself. Those other two guys do nothing. Yeah, all three he takes out. Oh, he, That's yeah. the thing about him. Walter's <clears throat> the kind of guy that will stand in front of you and fight three guys. The problem is he's also the guy that is the reason you're fighting three guys in the first place. <laughs> there you go. But Walter's the man of action. Walter leaps from a car with an Uzi. He, is the man he makes of his action. mind up instantly and then he just he does, goes he's it, convinced. No he's always very confident in his yeah. decision making. It is admirable. His whole plan is to like grab one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with an Uzi. Yeah, he had an Uzi just in case. But I know. He's just going to grab one and wrapped. beat it out of him. He's uh, so lucky that when yeah. that Uzi was spinning and firing out of control, th- that it did not also not only hit the dude's car, but shoot him. That would not happen, by the way. Oh, well, that's fine, though. It's funny. I, I, I let that slide. With guns. It's not a... Oh, no, I'm just kidding. It was funny as shit. It's hilarious. <clears throat> um, the dude's car the, got a little banged up. Yeah. The dude's car got its taillight shot out and a tire. Yeah. And I think the trunk got took the, two boats hit too. The pole. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> so like he should just drop that joint in his crotch. His, his car takes a beating over the course of the whole movie. That's the other great line at the end of the movie when they come outside and they see uh, his car is in flames. Yeah. And he he goes. They finally they killed finally the car. killed the car. <laughs> <laughs> that car went through so much, and it was still driving. Yeah, the car was it, almost like a character. By the so yeah, so let's let's go through what happened to the car. So the car got shot up by an Uzi yeah. and slammed into a pole. Yeah. Then it got smashed with crowbar um, by the guy who got his car smashed. Oh yeah, because Walter's fucking that guy's Mustang up. A homeless guy took a pee in it, apparently. Yeah, it's a vagrancy in the and car. And the people who stole the car... Thanks for the soup kitchen. It sounds like... the F-Shack. It sounds like the people who stole the car drove it against... It was little Larry who stole it, though, Yeah, but it, it sounds yeah. like those guys drove it against some kind of a way, guardrail yeah, or something. Yeah, because the side view was on the yeah. ground next to it. <laughs> yeah. And then the dude crashes into the dumpster. He crashed into the dumpster. Oh, yeah, but that's the joint thing again. Yeah. We've already mentioned that, did we? Yeah. No, no, well, not in well, my not list. not in this particular Oh, I got recap you. We're going through the list, but so, like, you got to think... And that car is, like, made out of steel. So, you know it could take all of that. Because that thing was, like... Oh, yeah. Was 70s? Dude, yeah. it, it leaps like four feet in the air when it hits. Yeah, and it comes down. Yeah. 
Shit's I think crazy. that thing's a 70 something. I don't. Yeah, I, I think it is. I'd yeah. like to know what kind of car that even is. Like Cutlass Sierra. Yeah, or some something shit. like that. It takes a beating. It does take a beating. Um, it made me think this time watching it. It's not a big deal. Um, it, like dude seems to pick up money here and there, but he always seems to have a bit of cash to like have some drinks at the bar and. I think he's the, probably on unemployment. Arena. I think yeah, he's, he's on probably getting some kind of I yeah. disability. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely picking up a check and cashing it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so dude gets uh, mixed up with a whole slew of people. So Maud and her interesting artists friends are so like over the top, and uh, her angle coming into this all is that the rug that the dude stole from the Big Lebowski is actually a rug that has sentimental value to for her because it's her mother's or something. She like bought that. it for her mother. Yeah, yeah. he gets so, involved with pornographers. Yeah, he gets Jackie involved. Treehorn. Yeah, we're all over the place. We should explain. I don't know. Should the we? Lebowski <laughs> is a case of uh, mistaken identity. Yeah. Where there's a rich Lebowski, yeah. you think he's a rich Lebowski, and then this bum Lebowski, and they come to the bum Lebowski for money, piss on his rug, that leads him to go to the big Lebowski, and the big Lebowski later engages him in a money drop to rescue his kidnapped wife. Yeah. Um, and then there's a bunch of other things that there's no way to properly introduce those. There's a group of nihilists, <laughs> and then there's... Uh, we believe tree- in nothing, Lebowski. Yeah, we chop off your jaw. We, <laughs> we believe in nothing. <laughs> I fuck you. I yeah. fuck you. The nihilists then there's, there's break into Jimmy his Treehorn, house. John, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jackie Treehorn. Jackie Treehorn. And his, his uh, henchmen. Yeah, and the whole the, porn world The other guys there. who piss on his rug. Yeah. When he yeah, calls Wu that a, the other guy, isn't that yeah. thing he calls a marmot actually a ferret? It was a ferret, yeah. Yeah, but he called so, it a marmot. So the dude reason. gets a ferret. The dude is naked in his tub, smoking a joint. When the nihilists come. and the nihilists yeah. come and throw a a ferret it in was, his tub. Yeah, that's a weird thing. How did they know he was in the tub? Well, they didn't. Maybe they, they were going to just throw. Well, why did they in bring his, the ferret then? Maybe they're going to throw it on his bed. The nihilists they care for they nothing. They care for nothing. <laughs> weird attack. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. Nothing. Yeah, it so like talking about any one scene. If you've not seen this movie, it'd sound like a ridiculous person talking about it. Oh yeah, totally. it sounds crazy. Um, uh, it, so it's very, very deftly uh, directed. The cinematography in this is like this is a really, really great looking movie. Great colors, um, like set design. There's a couple of dream sequences, and in one of them, it gets like kind of lavish with a little bit of CG mixed with practical effects, mis- mixed with theater style uh, showmanship. Like uh, costumes and all this that for what is everything. That's and the they do a little musical too. number, and it like it just it, it. I don't know. It just worked, yeah. and the music is so good. Yeah, I was just gonna say the music is good. The cinematography. The, that guy just won the Academy Award for cinematography this year. Roger Deakins. Yeah. He's like a famous, famous cinematographer. So the music is good. The cinematography is good. The directing is good. The acting is good. The writing is good. Like every time Walter's on screen Everything and, it, is and good. it's dark and his eyeglasses are just so consistently that, that yellow that um, They're like the, the, hunter wear, the hunter. Yeah. Oh, I can get you a toe, dude. Yeah. I can get you a toe by three o'clock. I'm staying. With, with finishing my coffee. With nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> I had friends who died face down in the muck. <laughs> <laughs> it was always everything with Vietnam. <laughs> Yeah, Walter's all about that. So yeah, yeah it, like it, lots of the little details that just make a movie more and more perfect along with an interesting story and characters is like all the visuals and sound and everything and, and the music, it just comes together to make this really rare treat. Like the, there's a lot, and I think Colin said it before, there's a lot about this movie that maybe even shouldn't work. No, it shouldn't. But it, it just does. And bowling, it really, it really uh, for some reason, I, f- I feel like around the time this movie came out, everyone like got into bowling again. Yeah, like Jeff Bridges gained a bunch of weight to play the dude and grew like 
I don't know if that's his real long hair, but grew the beard and like, man, he just like, you never doubt that he's anybody but the dude. So there is still uh, to this day annually, I, and I don't know if it's around the time that the movie came out, but there is a, this, a Big Lebowski kind of a, a festival or a celebration in the United it's States. It's like a religious celebration. Yeah, yeah. and... And a couple, at least one time, if not more, but I know at least once, Jeff Bridges has attended. Yeah, and the, uh, he the re- festival. He did redid his dude character too for John Goodman's birthday one year. What? Yeah, yeah. They mean? were celebrating John Goodman for some either it was a lifetime achievement or or some kind of major birthday, and Jeff Bridges showed up at the outdoor event, and it's on like you can watch it on YouTube. He re- re- reprised the. Oh, I am watching that on YouTube dude. right away. Yeah. But this movie is, um, yeah, it's beloved for a very good reason. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this has, I mean, this has I to wish, rank up there in the like the funniest. I wish I could poke holes in it. I mean, like, does anybody have anything negative to say about this movie? No, no, honestly, like, this is like really hard. Like, think hard. Like, there's nothing that bothered you. This it's time. not. It's not too long. It's like an hour forty-five, hour forty. Yeah, it wasn't too long. Um, everybody saw it in it. There's not a minute of wasted time. Every scene transitions into the next thing. And the story is so odd and it moves from memorable scene to memorable scene very smoothly and quickly and interestingly. Yeah. It's like fun. It's fun to watch. I'm just trying to think if there's anything that bothered me because I can always find something like I and I just can't. I'm I'm racking my brain here. It's just it it all complements everything complements it. Everything else. Yeah. And uh, Don, the, the whole climax, I guess I did feel that it was a little weird, hard time understanding where the climax was. And I guess the climax, the obvious climax is when they fight the guys. Yeah. But you could say the climax is when they, when they confront the big Lebowski. Yeah. But I think it was when they fight the guys in the parking lot, because I think when, once Donnie dies, that's the biggest thing that happens. Well, it's all resolution after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the really the uh, like the movie ends very quickly when Don, after Donnie dies. Yeah, that's true. Like they just they but go. But it's also like got some additional like great stuff like the 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 urn scene. The yeah. Most modestly priced receptacle. Oh, yeah. Everything. But it just it moves so quickly. Everything like, after Donnie dies is great too. I'm just saying that that's really the climax. I agree. And so like I'm of the movie and then uh and then it wrap, does wrap up very it's quickly. It's not like a strong climax like the climax doesn't have a, it's only one of the sub storylines with the nihilists. But that, there's not a lot of violence wraps. or action in the movie. No, and there, exactly. there is though at that point. Yeah. I, mean, that, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just saying it. It's not like most movies climax where you're like wow that was the climax. It's like uh, what else is going to happen? And then it just winds down and ends. Yeah. But it's not necessarily a bad thing because everything up to that point has been like fun. So like I, it, the movie is actually winding down through several of the sub stories at that part. So where they go face the Lebowski, that's why it kind of seemed like a bit of a, a bit of a climax. And then when they do the fight, there's another kind of climax and it's just, but I want to reiterate again, this movie should not work. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm pretty rough on movies. Sometimes people will be like, you like this and you don't like that. And it's just like, it sh- I, I know this movie shouldn't work. I admit it. <laughs> yeah. It breaks all the rules. I say that movies have to follow, but it works. <laughs> it's- How can you have a movie where there is no, a good, good movie, a movie that I love, where there is no, no one, there's no arc of character. Like nothing changes. And you don't want anything to change for the dude. 
You want the dude to stay the same. Yeah. I don't want the dude to, I don't want the dude to change. I just really want him to get his carpet. Because <laughs> it really tied the room together. Yeah. It did really tie the room together, dude. Pissed on your fucking rug, dude. Pissed on my fucking rug. Yeah. It's just a lot of enjoyable stories. It's about the voyage. It's not about the ending. It's not about where you where you're going. It's about how you're getting the journey. There. I think the the uh, Coen brothers tried to recreate this a little bit in some other films, and most recently the the the, the Western story one they did in Netflix. Oh the, yeah, the, that is not it's as good. Still as, never finished, and I've taken four whacks at it. No, it's not as good as this, but I think that's what they were kind of trying to go go not for. Not as good as an understatement. Yeah, that is understatement. Yeah, it does have that level of surrealism. Would you guys I think? But they're old brother, where art thou, right? Because that's another one. That's not one of my favorites, though. I know you like that one. I like that one, and I like it for the same reasons. Because the characters are interesting. It's an enjoyable voyage. And it's, we, it's, a, it's a series of weird events. That one's based on the Iliad. But, I mean, it's... I mean, we're not doing that for holdup. No, that's fine to talk about it. I, I, think it's, it. um, yeah. I think it's that same kind of nature. I would say, though... Where in, it's about the voyage. In my mm. opinion, though, that one... Like I haven't watched it all. I think me and you watched a little bit of it once. I think uh, we just rewatched it in Chicago. Um, we tried to watch it. I, I, for me, that one I don't think would hold up. But, but I think one for one another Coen Brothers one that will hold up, which we should do, and we could do that one too. But is uh, Fargo? I'd really be interested. Yeah, yeah. I'd be super surprised if Fargo does not hold up. Yeah, I would be too. too but, but, but that you one's never different know. than this because that one's not about like the rich no. like relationship and voyage of it. That's that more, one is very much a cohesive story. Yes, it's about an event and then a story following the event. Yes. But I'm actually thinking about thinking really long and hard about Fargo um, now. I'm I'm thinking, mm, does the golfers. does the uh, yeah. the female cop. Uh, Frances McDermott. Does she have an arc? I don't think she really does. She just wants to like have a baby, and her husband like paints a paints a, a mongoose or a duck or something. <laughs> oh, I just think I'm gonna barf. Right? I don't think she, no. There's no one who changes in that. No, movie. No, that's another movie that that is a it's a that's also about the journey. I think they get away with it again in that one. Well, let's let's put that one on the list. But anyway, yeah, okay. I, I'm pretty sure. So, do you want to go ahead, John? Or right, oh, wait a sec, who wants to go first? Brent, Brent, you go ahead. Are we calling it then? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Unless you have thought of any flaws. In no, the I mean, I think minutes. I've been pretty quiet in this. I, I fucking love this movie, and I, I I, enjoy, almost as much as I enjoy the movie, I just kind of enjoy watching you guys fucking talk about the movie and do lines and shit like that. Like, Because to me, I don't know, it's just such like, how can I fucking word it? It's like this rich textural landscape, right? It's, mm. It is... It is lush and interesting and everything is tangible. It's just so 3D in, in its event, right? If yeah. that makes fucking sense at all. It uh, is yeah. so um it is so interesting. Like like Colin said, the characters are all awesome. I think John said all of the characters are are interesting. And they're not just interesting and well acted. They are like very distinct, unique personalities. Like the Jesus, like the nihilists, like fucking Jackie Treehorn even is like a is, does a good job at his character, and he's like almost done nothing in that movie. There's one scene. Yeah. What's your drink, dude? So like, I don't know, man. It'd be hard to say that this movie didn't hold up. This movie's a, I, I can't rewatch a lot of movies over and over and over again. I could rewatch this movie. 
I could have rewatched it right after we finished watching it. It's almost mm-hmm. as as far as beloved as it is holds I, up. It's oh yeah, and for beloved as it is, it's almost a masterpiece. Uh, but but I, it's almost underrated in but a weird way. But it's not for everybody. That's the thing is that there's a lot of people that see. are kind of status quo that don't enjoy this. Yeah. Like, the, I, don't, I don't know, certain one aspect or another. Like the, the no, little, I know. Of course not. The that's little fine. violence that's in it, the drug use that's in it. The, There's a the lot drinking. of drug use. Yeah, like if, if people are opposed to that in general, then they won't get behind the dude. But well, like I, what did Jeff Bridges say to the Coens when they were filming? He's like, he's like uh, would the dude have blasted a J like, like on the way here or whatever? Like that was like his character's motivation is just like always has blasted a J. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's not a it's not a Quaker movie. But I would say though that I don't want to stuck on Quaker. I don't know. I think this movie got stronger, and 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 probably will continue to get stronger over time. because the the type of drug use that when they made this movie was kind of salacious and kind of like you know, kind of like not for squares. Now that weed is becoming legal everywhere and stuff. And more and more people are experiencing what getting high is and, and, and it's becoming legal all over the place. I feel like this movie also has changed uh, for those people that mm. we were talking about who might not have appreciated it before for the drug use and the, and the count, counterculture stuff. Yeah. I feel like this movie's also changed with the times in like for, for the better. I feel like there, this would have a much better audience today than it would have yeah 20 it, how, how old is this movie 98 so jesus really yeah 22 years yeah so i bet you i bet you if this movie was released today it would be even bigger than it was back then well johnny what do you got still huge uh oh yeah it holds up it, i love this no movie. i it, no. <laughs> like it, it, this might not even obviously pop into my head if someone asked me like for my top five favorite movies but after i watch it i would i would maybe even put it in my top three it's just fantastic everything about it is fantastic it's it's just a pleasure to watch i enjoyed this when i was young and partying and on all that kind of stuff because the dude's craziness appealed to me and now i can look at it as even a more whole picture i feel and um, everything they're going for here works like walter his character is so interesting to watch over the course of this movie he's just such a pistol he's like such a loose cannon um but he's so dedicated the way he plays the character and watching john goodman just chew up every scene this is what you get when you fuck a stranger. He, like, he gives a hundred and seventy-five percent. Like I'm, I'm sad that that there was no Academy Award for that. And Jeff Bridges too. Like the way that they both committed to those characters and nailed them. We didn't and, even and talk about everybody. That. Everybody's like that. Everybody. We didn't even really get into the uh, the, the them like them. Ooh, Colin, Wigs didn't like weird. that. Yeah. They. We didn't even get into them going and basically accosting a child who who stole the car. <laughs> Yeah, and well, then it didn't accost him at all. Well, actually, he didn't seem to mind. What was his name? Larry. Pete. Larry Sellers. Little Larry. Little Larry. <laughs> this is what you. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> and um, their fondness for branded, and yeah. how they're talking to the the guy who wrote most of the bulk of the series, as Walter would say. And he's in like, uh, I, th- I think the only thing Some you kind of life an iron system. lung is yeah, what they used to like, call that an yeah. iron lung. Mm-hmm. And, and a good day to you, sir. <laughs> 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 and then they're like complimenting him on branded. And then the nurse is like, oh, he has health problems. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole in and out burger thing. Yeah. Cause, nice cause Donnie him. keeps, and like, I wanted to actually talk about this okay. quickly Give before her, yeah. you get out. Yeah. Why, what is with, 
um, the hostility with Walter to Donnie about any time Donnie tries to get in on the conversation. It's a superiority thing. Walter's, Walter's a military guy, I think. So this is my theory. But the dude he doesn't have that with. But it's because it's chain of command. Walter very, um, very obsessively thinks about the military and is a Vietnam vet, like John said. And I believe it is about ranking. And Donnie ranks below Walter and Walter ranks below the dude. And whenever Donnie speaks, Walter has no patience for it because he's a fucking over-aggro. But I think that's why he's so willing to just berate Donnie. And what I saw this time was that I get the sense that Donnie is constantly walking into the middle of conversations and interrupting and asking a lot of so like... you think Donnie's annoying? That's your, yeah, I think Donnie's annoying and Walter's just had years of it. And so he's just... And, and, your name, dude. But it runs off like Donnie looks a little <laughs> bit upset every time. I've watched Steve Buscemi very carefully at times when I watch this movie. And he, he kind of like looks and then goes back to whatever he's doing. He's and confused just, by then his just anger spaces out. Yeah, then just kind of spaces back out and goes back into Donnie world. So, But I don't think Donnie understands why Walter's mad at him most of the time. I changed my time. theory with John's theory. I like Phone's John's ringing, theory. dude. I like John's, th- I like John's <laughs> theory. I think John's right. But, yeah. but I also feel like Donnie is unaware of why Walter is angry at him. You're out of your element, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he doesn't take it personally, maybe. Which he never seems to. He never like, he's like, come on, Walter, you're ribbing on me hard. The only and time... the dude has seen it for long enough because the dude doesn't even see shit. In fact, the other interesting thing is that when Walter starts going off and the dude is witnessing it, the dude just kind of like backs out of the situation. He tries to cool at times a little bit, but even by the end of the first altercation with Smokey, um, the dude is like p- putting the pen in Smokey's hand because the dude knows that if Smokey doesn't fill that eight, then something bad's going to happen. So rather than try and stop Walter, dude moves Smokey through the situation through the last moments of it safely. That's how routine all this is and how the dude knows exactly how bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean. And then it's just a little berating in the car. He, like, you can't do that, Walter. Jesus. Get but he's grip. even saying during the altercation, he's like, they're calling the cops, man. Yeah. They're going to call the cops yeah. or whatever. So and he, then the cops come and yeah. they don't even think to like, they're not even bothered. They're not even going to stick no. around. Well, they got to get the fuck out of there. Walter's kind of moving they quickly, though. They sit and though. talk. Yeah. yeah if but they had tried at that point, there, the though. cops might have noticed them. But because they just sat in the car and talk to each other for a second. I also. They, shit. But I noticed they don't even look at the cops. Like the cops pull up cherries right yeah, yeah they don't even look at the cop the dude looks seems to see it in his mirror but then it like goes right out but, of his head but oh, that's also it, when it. the it's also interesting to me how uh walter can go from zero to 60 because because when walter does get mad he goes like to 60 and he pulls out the gun and he's pointing his face screaming yeah but as soon as smokey signs he goes back to zero and he's like uh league game the lead game, game smoky and he's unloading the gun and stuff and then even in the car you notice the dude screaming at walter because walter than you. won't agree with him he's like i'm calmer than, calmer you. than you dude yeah. calmer than you <laughs> and the dude's screaming at him because the the dudes the he got the dude all worked up and now the dude's at 100 and walter's back down to zero again and it's not engaging even when the dude's telling him about smoky and stuff he's like oh huh, interesting uh, didn't know. I did not know that. I did not. Yeah, like he's like he's curious. So and therefore, stuff, he's excused from that behavior. He's like, oh well, I he, learned my lesson and I won't yell at Smokey like that. That's again. how he gets away with it, maybe. Yeah. But well, anyway, at least to himself. Yeah. Their relationship's so interesting because the dude does scream at Walter. Oh yeah. yeah. 
He screams at him on the phone and stuff. Walter he, deserves screaming. When when the dude is telling Walter to like fuck off for the last time as he's hammering the the board into his home the wrong way. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Anyway, he like he's like fuck you, Walter. Yeah, I'll be at bowling. I'll be at practice. <laughs> right. So their relationship is is very confrontational. Well, even at the end when fucking Walter pours Donnie's ashes all over fucking the dude's face. <laughs> What's that shit about the Vietnam? Dude, the dude is losing his shit on oh him. Walter just gives him a big hug and he's like, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. You yeah. know why this movie actually, I didn't realize it till right now, but the reason why this movie works so well is because there is so much conflict between the characters in every scene. The scenes with, 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 with where Walter and the dude are having a calm, rational conversation, there's conflict between Donnie and Walter. Mm. So there's always every time. conflict and, and there's always passion and emotion in every scene. And whenever the dude's talking to the sheriff, there's conflict. When he's talking to Maude, Not there's when conflict. Talking to Maude. When he's talking to Maude, there's conflict. Why? When they're in her because studio, what's the conflict? Because, well, well, they put that little guy who laughs and stuff and the dude doesn't like that. Is that conflict though? Well, yeah, a because bit. the dude I found that annoying as be, shit. Because the dude says, "What the fuck is with this guy?" During their conversation, yeah. So it's always there's always this air of tension in every scene, which is like such a smart way of making scenes. Yeah, it's genius. And actually. if you I'm were about the tension, wouldn't be palpable. Like I'm thinking of where him and Maud sleep together, and then he kind of solves more of the case. But immediately following that, he's going out to his car and runs into the private dick. I mean, he has conflict and with he him. He has conflict with him and the special lady stuff. So yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of it with every character. He I'm like actually scenes. stealing all of that. Thanks. Do it. Thanks, Cohen's. Yeah. I love it you works. Guys. It works. Yeah, actually, and like even the Malibu the sheriff is like hilarious. He throws Keep that cop your in his ugly gold bricking ass out of my bitch community. He has conflict with the taxi driver because the eagles. Oh, the eagles. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just fucking hate the eagles, man. And and that's why those <laughs> moments where there isn't conflict, like between him and the police, where where they're just having that conversation with him and stuff. They got us working in shifts. <laughs> no, no, not that guy. Not that guy. There's conflict. But those two cops who were asking questions and stuff, oh, yeah. like, oh, separate incidents. Yeah. And then that one cop's going through his ashtray and finds marijuana and stuff. Yeah. Well, he's digging through the ashtray with a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Yeah. Which is also so funny. There's also a lot of humor that's visual in this movie. It's visual humor that's happening during the scenes, yep. which, like Brent said, adds this texture. Yeah. And these multiple layers to every scene because there's things going on, whether it's with, with Donnie and Walter or the police officer and perhaps finding out that the dude has illegal drugs in his house. Yeah. But there's always these things going on are the thing with Jackie Treehorn where he, he draws a picture of the guy with the dick and then the dude scratches it. What the fuck's that all about? Yeah. There's just these layers of things. And did you guys notice... <laughs> Everywhere the dude goes, everywhere he goes, he can somehow wrangle the ingredients for a white, for Russian. A white Russian. Yeah. No matter where he, uses he goes. coffee creamer at one point. Coffee creamer? Yeah, the powdered creamer. Yeah. But everybody, everybody <laughs> in every location he ha- he goes has to a has a bar that has Kahlua and vodka. Yeah. And ice. And yeah. there's some so kind he, of a milk product. So yeah. he can always find... The powdered fucking creamer is got the next level. He has a bar... Um, Maude has a bar. Jackie Treenhorn has a bar. The Big Lebowski had a bar. 
Oh, no. You know what? I don't think he does drink Jeff it. Jeff does have it at home, yeah. No, but the Big Lebowski is the only place, but he just gets, blows a joint there. Yeah, that's true. Doesn't in the limo? On the, on the patio? He has one in the limo. Yeah. <laughs> the limo. I got a rash, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a drink in. Look at it. I got a rash, man. He has a man. drink in the limo. Both limos. Because yeah. it goes from one to the other when he's well, yeah, in the other limo. Well, he carries the one for over. Fucking fascist. It's from Mod's limo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mod's limo into the Big Lebowski's limo. So, anyways, Mod is my dream. Girl. So I'm gonna like, I gotta take notes. Yeah. But anyways. All right. Well, well, we said it holds up, and this movie, <laughs> in it's fact, excellent. it's just excellent. This is a musty, musty viewing. Um, it would rate up there like as one of the funniest comedies ever. I actually, because it's a comedy. And because um, like something like Groundhog Day is a comedy, I don't know if you could ever even compare these two movies, but they are both like some of the best movies that you can sit, it's watch, spend an hour 45 and just like seriously laugh and be like affected as a person. Smoke a joint before you watch it. It's interesting to me that you said this is the second time I think I've heard you compare it to I just, I yeah, Groundhog Day. I don't, I'm not comparing them the two other than like if people ask me what my favorite comedy of all time was, like Groundhog Day would be in that discussion. Yeah. And now, like I said before, like the Big Lebowski might not pop into my head as one of my favorites, but after I watch it, I, I always come to that realization that this is just one of the best comedy movies ever made. And mm. for that reason, they'd have to in some way be in the same category and it would be like honestly neck and neck for which one I enjoy more. I, I might even enjoy the, the Big Lebowski more than... I think I do, movie. but I think it's catered more to me. That's yeah, fair. You are a homeless and also, figure. And also... Yeah, um, I'm a loser. <laughs> white Russians are delicious. Yeah, they are delicious. I've so, just found that out. Right? So, well, we're... At, are get, you having another get coconut your, cream? Get your dairy. I mixed a little both. Get your Kahlua, get your portion of vodka, and uh, and then have a sparkling water for me. So. Here's a little rule, though. Mm. We just learned tonight. Don't use that heavy cream for your white Russian or for your Caucasian. Uh, buy the coconut creamer. Yeah. And throw that in there. Real interesting flavor. Full fat. It's great. We'll put the recipe. You heard it here. On our Instagram. Yeah, we account. will put the recipe on our Instagram. A little toast to the dude <laughs> when we release yeah. this episode. That's a great idea. All right, we're doing it. Okay, so Big Lebowski, three thumbs up uh, all over the place here. Good job, everybody. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time and enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.